Hey guys, you're listening to Mustangology, your go-to source for all things Mustang. Be sure to follow along on your favorite podcast streaming network. Okay, guess well, what? Hello there, sir. Guess what? I am uh, feeling electrified <laughs> for this episode. Why is that, sir? Because I'm feeling electrified, Jaron. Did you put your finger in an outlet? No. We are talking to Dave Parasak, and we are going to talk about Mustang and the all-new... Electrified. Electrified Mach-E Mustang. And hopefully the Mach 1. We'll Ooh. slide that one in there. Mach-E Uno. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I can't remember. Have We we talked about Mach-E, but that was like a little conversation thing and i think it was it was it was very up in the air and we never posted it no right i don't know i think that's where we were testing the live and we were um like allowing people to call in and stuff wait was that about the mach one or the maki maki oh yeah yeah that's right yeah and we talked to a couple people that had put in pre-orders for the maki yep that's right oh yeah I, i do remember that we need to jump back on that whoa i think they everyone would like that Anyways, let's get down to it. Who are we talking to today, J.A. Ron? Dave Parasak. At Ford. Yes, at FOMOCO. He is a former chief of engineering for Mustang. 2008 to 2014. Yes. Yes. Because if I remember correctly, he helped launch S550, which would be at the end of 2014. I'm I'm a little nervous for this one because like he's like kind of one of my idols up there. I mean, for someone to have that much involvement involvement with Mustang, it's kind of a big deal. He's definitely, um, like I I got to meet him when I went up to Michigan to do a little Maki preview thing, and after like I had never met him before that, but after I had met him, I I definitely felt like the Mustang name was in good hands, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Okay, wait, real fast. So you got you went up there and were able to kind of see like the pre-reveal or the actual reveal? Uh, both. Okay. So I, That's right. I think it was the week. It was like a week or two before. So <clears throat> I got to go up to Michigan to see like a, a preview of the car, uh, meet the whole des- like the design team, some of the communications people, um, and then also people who are, who are involved at a higher level of the vehicle. And kind of just got a whole rundown. Uh, got to see the car. It was still in prototype state, prototype stages, so everything wasn't like functional and stuff. Right. And then, like a week or two after, I went out to the reveal in LA. Nice. So, yeah, okay, I, let's let's ask you two things here because a lot of Mustang owners are like, "What are your first first thoughts when you first saw it? What first came to your head the first time you saw it?" I mean, it was a lot smaller than I expected. I thought it was to be. A, I thought it was going to be a little bigger than what it was, and it's actually. I mean, it really doesn't have that big of a. a I don't know. It's it's not. It's more compact than I thought. Okay, and then so the second time you saw it, you thought what? So the first one that I saw was rapid red, and it wasn't a GT. It was just like a base. And then when I was at the reveal, I got to see the GT version in the grabber blue, and I was like, "That thing's freaking sick." Oof. Even in the white, like I. Yeah. I I do like the white a lot. What's the new yeah. white called? There's space white and star white. Space white. That's the one. That's like the more matte. 
Uh, I'm not sure. I did an article on it. I have the color chip. I mean, one of them has more metallic. Where's it's the article? Like white platinum. On huh? mustangfanclub.com? Yeah. Okay. Head over there, guys. Or you can just Practice. type in Mikey color options and I show up on the first page. Ooh, this dude's trying to drop game. his. Okay, that was a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> no, but kidding. one thing that I'm super mad about, about the uh, reveal in LA is I met Idris, whatever his last name is. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. And after the fact, I realized he was Charles Minor in the office and I was so mad. Oh my gosh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea either. I wish I would have got a picture with him. That's pretty cool. It's Idris Zalba or something. I don't know how to pronounce it. Let's get him on a live podcast. You can apologize to <laughs> no, him first. It was actually really cool because his dad used to work in, in Ford, and then he followed before he went into acting and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool. Like, it's not just some random guy. He actually has, like, uh, like a, a, a tie-in with Ford. Nice. Well, yeah, I didn't so have I cool. didn't I didn't have much luck other than the actual reveal uh, during the actual reveal seeing it. I attempted to drive around to certain buildings that I thought it would be at, and it definitely wasn't. So, wah wah what, up wah. in Michigan, yeah. And I was just hoping to see one out on the road because I've like literally seen everything else. I seen the Bronco, but oh no! Well, up until up. that point, they, I mean, it was pretty secret. I think a week or two prior to the reveal, there was photos of it on the test track. And that was about the only leaked image that was out there. And that was, I don't think that was supposed to get out either. Well, you know what? It's time to leak. Let's get Dave Parasak on. Hopefully he can leak some news about the Mach one or maybe not. Mach we'll one. see. We'll see. All right, let's get into it. Let's go. To him. So pretty right. much to start out, like we just want to have you tell our audience about yourself. Who is Dave Parasak? Who is Dave Parasak? Well, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a car nut for sure. Um, I've been in the automotive industry for 26 years now, all at Ford Motor Company. Um, I have held several jobs within Ford, everything from, you know, manufacturing, um, engineering, you know, the design studio, uh, the electrical, like I've been pretty much all over the company, but most of my time here has been centered on performance in, in, uh, you know, managing the performance products, um, creating the product plan for them. I was the chief engineer of the Ford Mustang for many years, which included, you know, bringing back the five liter, the boss 302, the 50th anniversary. And then I moved on and created Ford performance, um, put that together, ran racing globally around the world, and then did all of the the great performance products of the Raptor, the GT350, the GT500, the Ford GT, uh, and then ultimately uh, came here and um, am now in charge of all of the icons at Ford Motor Company. So responsible for the entire business of the icons. Wow! Essentially, all the cool stuff, like yeah. you said, all the cool. I always say all the cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just basically filtered everything out. It was like, here you go. Just take care of all the fun stuff. And, yeah, and, and, it didn't and, take me long to agree to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and kind of with your history of all that you've done with Ford, what would you say is like your highlight? <laughs> you know, it, so that's sort of an unfair question, guys, because um, I've had sort of a career where sometimes I think you got to pinch me uh, because I've had the opportunity to be a part of so many cool things. But there's really two things that stand out. And one is heavily biased because it was when we decided we were going to do an all new Ford GT and we were going to take that and we were going to race back in France for Le Mans. And we were going to, on the 50th anniversary, win with a brand new car 
mm-hmm. and beat Ferrari and everybody else. Um, that was a pretty hefty goal uh, and had not been done before, actually. Um, and many of the many of the uh, famous, uh, you know, Roger Penske, uh, Jack Roush, others, all advised me personally that you know that was probably uh, a bit aggressive to assume that you were going to go to Le Mans and you were going to win. And so to be a part of that team to create the Ford GT and to also lead the race team that went back and on the 50th anniversary won at Le Mans or the GT class um, is something that I just will you know take to my grave. It's 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 the highlight. You can't. It's a very surreal moment when you're standing on the track with Bill Ford and Edsel Ford. And, oh yeah. You know Edsel Ford was there when he was a I think an eight year old boy. And, and then 50 years later, he's standing there with his son and, and, and you, it's just, it's, it's stuff that it's like uh, fairy tale stuff. So, yeah. So that is like the highlight uh, something I'll probably, I don't know that it'll ever be matched um, or superseded, but I will say that, that beyond that, if you, if you ask, well, okay, that's obviously something really cool. But when we, when we recreated the boss 302 uh, with the Mustang and it was so well received. And uh, to this day, I think is one of the, one of the funnest um, Mustangs we've we've put together, and you know I have one in my in my uh, garage, and I have a Boss 302 Laguna Seca, and every time I drive it, I just get a huge smile. But that whole pro- program was, you know, I got to work with Parnelli Jones and and some of the other team members. Um, it just was it was pretty cool to do that wow. project. Yeah, that's a, that's an accomplishment. Not not many people can say that they've done. Wow. Usually, yeah, so. usually we typically ask this towards the end, but since you kind of mentioned it, what type of like what Mustangs other than the Boss 302s do you have in your garage, or you know, what's your favorite one you've had throughout the history of your Mustang ownership? Yeah, I mean, I have several cars in the garage. Um, I've got a 1968 Mustang uh, that I love and really draws a crowd um, when I when I drive it. Um, I've got a the Boss 302 Laguna Seca. I've got a 50th anniversary limited edition. Um, because why not? Right. And we, when, when we did the 50th anniversary, it was such a anticipated launch and, and then we went global with the Mustang. I felt like, uh, you know, I wanted to own one of those for sure. Um, I have the first Mustang that I ever purchased, which is a convertible 2000. Um, and so that one is going to be with me forever. Uh, and I've recently added, I, I, I have a, I have a model T in my garage, uh, which <laughs> nice. is, you know, well, that's where it all started. Right. Oh, so, yep. um, you know, so it's a it's a little collection that I have that I enjoy. How Very often nice. do you take out the Model T? Uh, probably two, three times a year. Um, it, it's uh, you know, it's 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 not like just jump in and go, but it, oh, yeah. it is, and it's it's fully restored. It's in awesome shape. But um, when when I do get it out, though, I can assure you, the people come from all over the place. Oh, I bet everybody wants a ride. Everybody wants a photo. Uh, people just want to look at it and ask a million questions. It's just uh, it's a piece of automobile history that is. I'm so happy to own. So you don't have to, you don't have to hand crank it, right? Uh, no, so you don't have to, but I have yeah. done it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I will tell you, you can rip your arm off doing that, um, <laughs> but I have done it successfully every time I've tried, but I, it, nice. it's, uh, yeah. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough. Again, um, I feel sometimes like I am in a dream. When I was going to buy the Model T, I, um, I was with Jay Leno filming the GT500 uh, video that, that he did. And uh, I had told him I was going to buy a Model T. And he asked me if I knew how to drive one. And if, I had never driven one. So I said, right. no, I, I don't like, I mean, don't, what does it take? And he said, look, you can't go buy a Model T and not know how to drive it. So he actually personally took me out in his Model T, taught me how to drive it. And then I drove it for around, for about a half an hour around the streets of LA with Jay. And then I went and bought mine. So that's, that's awesome. how I learned how to drive the Model T. That is cool. Got that- Model T 101 from the king himself. <laughs> exactly. 
So now that we've talked about the history of yourself, let's talk about the future of Mustang, the Mach-E. Yeah. Um, so as most people know, you know, the Mach-E, when it first came out, I myself was a little hesitant. But now that I've been around it, seen it, you know, seen the capabilities, the technology, all the features that's packed inside of it. And even at the beginning, like, I've, I've had conversations with people, and they're like, well, it's not a Mustang. To me, a Mustang is an experience. Like, it's, it's a feeling that the vehicle gives you. Um, so with Mach-E, like, what are you excited about as far as Mustang, the Mustang Mach-E, and the future of Mustang? Yeah, well, I'm super excited. I mean, look, I think that uh, when you hear people make comments about it's not a Mustang, uh, those people clearly are making that statement without the knowledge of really what the machine is and what we've done to yeah. bring forward the Mustang characteristics. I mean, you know, it's not a name that makes the car. It's the car that makes the name. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we know how to, how to design and develop Mustangs. And so for us to call this a Mustang and make it a Mustang, we believe me, we, when that was a big decision that we took inside the company, right? This thing did not start out as a Mustang. In fact, it started out as a very uh, underwhelming, you know, sort of a compliance product that that wasn't going to be too exciting. But uh, we, we quickly said, well, we don't want to do that. So then it was a thought, well, maybe we should try to do a bit of a Mustang inspired. Uh, and we we spent, went down the path on that a little bit and tried to, you know, what does Mustang inspired really mean? And and how do you put the excitement into this this battery electric vehicle? And then ultimately we said, look, nobody can do Mustang but us. We know how to do it. Let's lean into this. And it's going to be a huge uh, part of taking Mustang into the future. And so when we made that decision, and that was made, believe me, through a lot of a lot of dialogue and a lot, many different arguments, um, when we finally made the decision, we also committed as a company to do what it took to make it a Mustang. And so we went back to the drawing board on many of the many of the systems within the vehicle. That, and we were going to, and we pushed the limits to, so that we could get it to Mustang levels of performance. And so I'm super excited because look, I think it's interesting, all this argument that's out there. Um, Mustang has been here for over 55 years. Mm-hmm. I want Mustang to be here for another 55. I was part of doing the 50th anniversary of Mustang. And I hope that, you know, I'm around to see the hundredth, but I hope that, that, you know, my kid, my kids can be a part of it or, or that the next, that, that we're celebrating the hundredth anniversary of Mustang. And the only way we're going to do that is if we embrace technology and different propulsion systems, but figure out how to interpret it as a Mustang. And that's yeah. what we've done with this Mach-E. Listen, I'm, I've been, I've got more time behind the wheel on this Mach-E. I was in the simulators that we used to develop the vehicle. Um, I've been in the early prototypes and now even the, the, the prototypes as they're, as they're maturing, I just had one in my, my driveway, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the guys had me take it home for a weekend and spend a lot of time in it and give them some feedback. So I've got a lot of time behind the wheel and I can assure you guys, this is a Mustang and <laughs> yeah. it's oh, super yeah. fun to drive. And it, it, it is, it, it will just that same smile that gets on your face when you, when you get inside that, the Mustangs that you know and love today, you're going to, that same smile is going to happen when you get behind right. the wheel of this. And, you know, my son, he's 12 years old. He's been with me. Uh, um, you know, he's seen all the cars that I brought home. He, he knows the cars, obviously they're in my garage and he's, and he, and he goes with me. He's a, he's a motor nut too. And when I had the Mach-E home and he, he got in the car and I took off, he looked at me with eyes as big as dinner plates. And he said, dad, oh my God, does this thing have a lot of power? You know? <laughs> and, and then as I was going around some of the turns, he just said, dad, this is crazy cool. So it's, um, 
the people that are making those statements, I think, have not been fully exposed to electrification and what it what it gives us, right? I mean, yeah. everybody, look, we all love Mustang. Why do we love Mustang? And why are we gearheads? Because we love that instantaneous power. When we want to hit, the, we want to hit the throttle, and we want it to respond, and we want to go. And that's what electrification does. This Mach E just pushes you back in the seat. It's unbelievable the acceleration. It's it's in the in the handling. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, it's an SUV, Dave. How can it handle?" Well, guys, don't forget that the batteries change the center of gravity so right. that it's not equal to a coupe Mustang, but I'll tell you what, it's not far from it. So those batteries lower that center of gravity. This thing handles like you can't believe. It's un- it's it's amazing. With you mentioning mentioning the handling, when I came up there for the little preview that was put on, uh, you told us a story about how you went down to Concord, North Carolina. You were in the simulator and you you like did the simulation of the Mach-E and you're like, guys, this thing feels horrible. And then, you know, you brought the Mustang team down. Can you kind of uh, retell that story just so people can get an idea of like, you know, what you were doing to push the, uh, let's just say the Mustang Mach-E torch, like push the Mustang, like the DNA into the Mach-E? Yeah, no, absolutely. So that was one of the things when we said it was going to be a Mustang, I, I immediately called the guys and said, look, okay, it's time to get me behind the wheel. I said, so set this up in the simulator and I'm coming down and we're going to see where we are and where we need to go. And so I did exactly that. I flew down to North Carolina. That's the simulator that we use for all of our racing efforts. So our NASCAR drivers are on it on a daily basis. We've used it for our 4GT race program and we use it for all the time to develop uh, not only our drivers, but develop the, the cars and, and figure out the setups. We've since used it many a times now for to develop um passenger vehicles because the technology has gotten to be so good. You can change a shock, a spring, a tire, and believe me, you feel it. And, and uh, it's really, really good technology. So I flew down there and they were all ready to go. And I went in and the team felt like they had a really compelling offering. And, and I drove for a while and uh, I got out and of course they're waiting to hear what am I going to say? And I looked at everybody, I just said, it's not good. It's not a Mustang. And you could just like almost feel the air, like leave the room. Um, And everybody was a bit, deflated. Uh, and I said, guys, look, this is, this needs to be a Mustang. We're not just putting the name on it. Like the car has to live to the name. So, uh, we did get uh, the Mustang team involved and uh, talked about what I was concerned about. And as we worked through all the detail, they went back to the drawing board and they came back, I don't know, it was about a month, maybe three weeks to a month later. And, uh, they asked me to fly back down that they had something they wanted to show me. And after I drove that, we were 90% of the way there. I got out smiling. I mean, it <laughs> felt really good. And when we built the first prototype, everything that we did in that simulator translated to the prototype. So the first time I got out on the track in the real Mach-E, everything I was feeling in the simulator had come to life. Um, clearly, there were other things that we said, hey, I want you to go look at. And the team has now recently addressed all of that. And I redrove again with them, and I gave them a thumbs up. So it's um, it's really amazing how far we have, we have come with this vehicle. It's uh, I'm really proud of it. You know, and, and you say like, obviously there's tons of testing and development that, that goes into uh, the Maki. What would you say is the biggest hurdle that you guys are seeing now with the, the, I guess the category of electric performance vehicles? Well, I think the biggest hurdle that everybody is struggling with is just sustained power. I mean, you know, um, battery technology is advancing very quickly and uh, making massive gains. Um, but when you look at performing like you want a Mustang or anything else to perform, can we get them to perform? Absolutely. 
Can you get them to perform for very long periods of time? Well, no, at some point you're going to deplete the, the battery power right. and you're going to have to recharge. So we're all challenged, I think, by that sustained performance. Um, and, you know, we're working on it and I know others are working on it and, and we're making tons of progress uh, in that arena. But anybody that tells you otherwise would is not telling the truth. I mean, that that's right. where the biggest challenge is, is how do you sustain all this amazing performance? Um you know, for longer periods of time. Okay. And, and so now jumping back over to the design side of things, what was the first feature that you said, like, we see it here on the Mustang. We definitely want that feature on the Mach-E. What was like the first thing that came out that just everyone agreed on and said, that's a must. Oh, uh, that's hard to just point out one feature. Cause man, we were going so fast, right. um, in order to get everything incorporated. But I would say that when you look at the design of the Mach-E, you can see uh, like the rear haunch area, mm-hmm. um, pretty deliberate in, in those lines that go down the side of the vehicle and then, and right. then climb up over the rear wheels. Um, not dissimilar from what you see on, on you know, the, the coupe Mustang. Right. Uh, when you look at the front end, clearly that hood proportion that we were able to achieve um, is something that you don't see tip- on typical you know, SUV type uh, body styles. So there was just a, there was so many things that, that, I mean, the tail lamps had to be tri-bar tail lamps. Um, and, uh, you know, so I could just keep walking you around the vehicle. I mean, everything had to be addressed. There wasn't, there wasn't a part of the car that we didn't feel every bit of it needed the, the wheels. I mean, everything had to have that Mustang, uh, flare, that Mustang, uh, DNA, yep. uh, infused in it. So it was a, it was a quite an undertaking. And, and then the interior, I mean, my gosh, um, from, you know, some of the, the screens that we have and, and the way that we display information to the, to the customer. I mean, we, we revamped the whole thing. Like yeah. it all had to go, it's a driver's car. So we all had to uh, think about how we were approaching this. Uh, and then when you look at the modes, for instance, the drive modes that we have, um, those had to be rethought about, you know, what does the drive mode mean in an electric vehicle, but in a Mustang way. And so you can see the three drive modes that we have, um, and then the sound was a big one as well. So we all know that Mustang is, everyone loves to hear the, you know, the V8 Mustang. Oh, I, always, yeah. I always sell, it's kind of like a, a mating call when it fires up in that five-year <laughs> yeah. fires up. Um, but, you know, so as an electric vehicle, you know, how do you, you're not trying to recreate a V8. I mean, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do. So, but we had to work on what are the sounds, all of the sounds, whether it's turn signals, whether it's the, the acceleration sound that you get, um, all of those things have to be taken into account on how do you make this whole experience be truly Mustang? Um, and that's why this goes way beyond a name or a badge. Yeah. It's insane. The amount of stuff that goes into it. And the, like, just speaking of the interior, when I noticed uh, it's got, you know, the double brow or the double cow on the inside traditional yep. to the Mustang. Yep. I'm super excited about all the tech inside of it. <laughs> Yeah, the tech is really cool. And, and you know, we're going to leverage that tech to its fullest. Um, and then if you think about, you know, we have the over-the-air update capability, which is huge. Um, I know that others are doing it, but we're going to be doing it uh, at Ford in a big way. And we're also going to have some, I think, some uniqueness from others as well. Like a lot of the over-the-air updates are going to be able to happen in the background without the customer even knowing until the update is done. It doesn't disrupt your driving experience or make you, you know, take downtime. Um, and so, 
you know, there's so much technology that's jammed in this thing that is going to just be absolutely amazing. And we're going to unlock all of its potential. And then, you know, look, as you guys have heard, we've, we've got a GT version of this coming. And mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. I can't wait until people can experience that because that just is, it's at another level. It's really, really cool. Dave, you can, you can put my uh, name on the top of that list for getting one of those. <laughs> Good. Well, are you going to buy one? You know, we got a new color coming out too for 21 with the GT. It's going to be cyber orange. Oh, very I'm nice. I'm going to put you down for that right now. I'm in. There you go. I'll give you my address. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, I mean, I, you know, it's really, this whole thing is just really cool. I had, you know, I told, I tell the story because I had a journalist um, questioning me about, why did you do this and why am I staying and why now and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, that individual had their own opinion about, about this whole thing. And, uh, one of the things that I asked him when we were talking, um, and he, he really loved it when we were done having the discussion, I said, Hey, you know, did you have a favorite amusement park when you were a kid? And they, and he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, in that amusement park, when they brought new rides to the park, did it upset you? And he said, no. And I go, well, then why would people be upset now? I said, all I've done is I've added a new ride to the park. Yeah. We just put a new pony, pony to the stable. Yep. Yeah. I said, yep. this is not replacing anything. We didn't take one of your favorite rides away. We simply said, there's a new ride, right? And it's a great ride. And so um, if it's not for you, then we've got other rides for you. Exactly. But I think if you're a Mustang lover, you should really be encouraged by what we've done here because all we've done is help secure the future of Mustang by adding a very relevant and very important part of the future. Agreed. And people who had to get out of Mustangs because of a change of life, you know, whether they had kids or whatever it might be, and then they ultimately come back into Mustang, this isn't going to force them to go out of our brand. Yeah. They can still own a Mustang and, and, and have fun with the brand that they love, um, but yet have more, the all-wheel drive, you know, the, 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 the four doors, the, the storage in the back. I mean, like there's so much that they can gain uh, that they wouldn't have had in the past. And so to me, this is just, this is just taking Mustang and adding to what we all love. Mustang's not going away. Mustang's getting bigger. Yeah. And I personally believe, you know, Mustang has lasted as long as it has because it adapts to the world around it. I like to refer to, you know, the Mustang two, the Mustang two is like the redheaded stepchild of the Mustang family. Everyone hates it. But when you look at the numbers, you know, it was only 74 to 78 and it was like 10% of sales throughout history i mean and you know that was during the opec fuel crisis they weren't making a lot of power they had to be kind of conservative and it sold a lot of vehicles within that four-year span no absolutely man absolutely and uh, you know we're going to continue to just bring more you know you guys have heard us uh tease out the mach 1 Mm -hmm. um which you know we're not ready to divulge all the information on the mach 1 but there's just another example of where the company is committed to the brand of Mustang. And we, we have not forgotten what Mustang is or in the fact that the coupe is, is so special. And that's why the Mach one is coming out. I mean, we're committed to Mustang across the entire offering, not just electrification and not just, you know, the ice. Yeah. I mean, Mach E to me, it's going to open up. I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, but you know, those guys that are getting older and it's just not feasible. It doesn't fit into their lifestyle. You know, they can't beg their wife to get them a two-door coupe that, you know, they can't run to the grocery store to take the kids like this. They can live that Mustang lifestyle again. That's something that fits into their their new life. Exactly. You can go to the grocery store and gap a few people on the way there and the way back. <laughs> and not even exactly disrupt right. the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, not disrupt the neighbors. Exactly. And the kids still sleeping in the back. Yep. 
I'm in. Well, I guarantee you that when you want to take somebody off the line with this maquis, man, it is fun. Not that I've done it. Not that. <laughs> Close course. Of I course. hear Emma pulling back Close the reins course, a little bit. Driver. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I'm, like I said, super excited about the future. And uh, this is just, I, you know what the problem is, is that we need to get people behind the wheel. So I, I'm excited that we're getting closer and closer to that happening because I, I think once people do get behind the wheel and experience it, uh, we can stop talking about it and they'll just start talking about it themselves. That's for right. sure. I mean, even when the, like change is inevitable, but Mustang people, for some reason, change is horrible up until the point when they actually get butts in seats. Yep. Uh, I mean, when the S550 came out, I had a 2011 at the time and I was like, man, that thing looks way too European, et cetera, et cetera. You know what everyone was saying. And now I own one and it's the best Mustang I've ever had. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, don't forget, um, guys, that we, our job is a, we have to make sure that we are making the right decisions. Uh, in, so if you think about the 2015 Mustang, since you've mentioned it, I can't tell you how my inbox filled up when we decided <laughs> that we were going to put an EcoBoost four-cylinder engine oh, gosh, in the Mustang, yeah. right? That was, oh my gosh, it was, the people were going crazy. Why would you do that, right? And then if you think about it, we were putting basically a 350 horsepower four-cylinder motor in the Mustang. Well, not that long ago, guys, that was the power of a, of a V8 yeah. in the Mustang. And so when people drove it and got to experience it, then they realized that, oh, this actually, this is actually a good powertrain, right? And now that makes up nearly 50% of our sales of, of the Mustang. Is That's insane. Yep. So this is just yet another step forward with a propulsion system. It absolutely delivers. It's amazing. Make sure everybody knows they can go reserve them right now. And don't forget, there's a tax incentive, $7,500 when they do buy the wow. Mach-E sale. And, and, and so right now, Dave, what, where do they head over to like Ford.com and yeah, okay. yep. Ford.com and you can get online and reserve and uh, you know, the starting price is around 43,000. You take that 7,500 off of that. I mean, you're into a mach for a very reasonable price. Oh, yeah. That's less expensive than a GT performance package. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think we just, I mean, maybe you guys know this, but I know some people have um, a bit of anxiety around charging and whatnot. You know, we've got now nearly 13,000 charging stations across the United States. We've also now let everybody know that our initial predictions on charging were a bit conservative and we're actually able to charge 30% quicker than we initially said. So, you know, you're talking wow. about being able to put 61 miles on your Mach-E in 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. So, you know, this is not people, I think sometimes they're thinking uh, maybe from years ago on, on where we were in charging and, and battery technology. And, um, you know, they need to understand that that has come such a long way. Imagine putting 61 miles in 10 minutes, like that's nothing. And most people, most people in their lives don't drive more than 50 miles in a day. Mm-hmm. And so think about that in 10 minutes, you've covered your days driving. So, um, it's not a problem as far as charging goes. And when it does come to charging, you know, I think everybody should, should also know that it's, we've made it as easy as we can. We've partnered with Amazon. We all know, right? Your Amazon boxes are coming to your door. <laughs> I know mine are. Maybe there's something wrong in my house. I have no idea. But um, we partnered with Amazon, and now Amazon will come and install the charger in your home, so that and they take care of that. You know, hooking up the electrical, they do it all, and that way you can get the right chargers that you can charge quickly, and it's all handled through Amazon, and it's a partnership between us and them, and it, it makes it really simple for people to do it. Super seamless. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know all that. I knew the you guys were estimated a pretty quick charge. And with that quick charge, is that in your home? That's not like visiting one of the charging stations? Nice. Yeah. It'll be a DC fast charge. Um, so, 
but but even that right I, I, listen you can you can charge at home from basically you know zero charge to full charge in about nine hours so while you're sleeping <laughs> yeah while you're sleeping i mean let's just think about that right i mean that's 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 going from zero which you're not going to go to zero i mean it's got 300 mile range and you don't drive more than 50 miles in a in a normal day so yeah. you know charging should not be and plus i said like i said we've got this on our Ford Pass app, now we've got these 13,000 stations connected such that we take care of the payment in the background so that you can stop anywhere you want and do the charging. And, and you don't have to have a, you know, you don't have to worry about having an account with this charging station and that charging station and that charging. All Ford Pass will handle all of the, the payments in the background. And all you have to do is pull up and charge your car and go. It's, we're, we're trying to make That's this great. as easy yep. and simple for people as possible. Yep, seamless, exactly. All right, you you kind of touched on it, and and I'm wondering because I went over to Ford.com. I was actually looking for the pre-order for the Mach One. Can you tell me more about that? <laughs> <laughs> Mach One, yeah. Well, I figured you were going to try to push me on that. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're just teasing right now, guys. We're just teasing. Right. We can't. I can't tell you too much. Okay. Um, but the Mach One is. Uh, we're super excited about it. I mean, it's you know the Mach One has always been that uh, that always stood for performance, and this will be the most uh, powerful five liter um, that we've ever made as far as its, its track capability and its overall performance. It's, it's absolutely uh, amazing. It um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that Emma doesn't yell at me for what I say here, but (laughs) it's uh, I just can't wait until I can share more with you guys because this Mach one is truly a Mach one. It's got all the performance upgrades that you'd want and expect in a Mach one. And, um, yeah, just stay tuned. We're going to have more. We're going to debut the Mach 1 the week of June 15th. So we're going to, we're not that far away from being able to share more details with you guys, but, um, I've been waiting to get this out there because I know that our Mustang community is waiting for the Mach 1 and we haven't done it for, for a little while here now. And, uh, yeah, it's super fun to drive. Super fun. Well, we're definitely excited for that one. Cause we had, I mean, it's kind of a little trend going on. You had the, the 01 bullet and then you had the 0304 Mach 1 and then we had the 19 bullet and now we've got the the new Mach 1. Yeah. Super exciting. And like I said this this is at a, the next level of performance. So um it's very cool. Nice. All right. Wait, what you guys have to do is you have to you have to order a Mach 1 and a Mach E. <laughs> yep. Dave, if you can call my wife, that would be great. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try buddy, but I can't, you know, Remember, I get to I get to get out of that conversation. Yeah. You have to live. So. Exactly. Ask ask <laughs> ask for forgiveness, not permission. All oh, right. Yeah. Hey, that's my motto, man. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dave. We got one final question for you. This is uh, kind of one that Mustangology uh, listeners always look forward to. We always ask um, if you could have any Mustang, whether it's a production Mustang or you build it, what would it be? What is it? What does that look like for you? <laughs> the next one. <laughs> the next one. Okay. No, I mean, look, I think um, right now, you know, without, see, you, you always put me in an awkward spot when you ask that question, because if I say too much, then you'll know what I'm working on for the future. So <laughs> what, I'll, what, so it's a tricky way of trying to figure out what's going on. What I'll, what I'll tell you is this though. I am super proud of what the team has been able to accomplish with the GT 500. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and then if you see what we've done when we announced the Cobra jet 1400, and where we've taken the electrification on that, the future is massively bright for us, guys. We are not slowing down. We're speeding up. So make sure everybody goes and checks out what we did with the Cobra Jet because there is a 1,400-horsepower drag car that will be setting some records in the very near future. 
coming to a local drag strip near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. And hopefully next time our discussion can be around the uh, Mach 1. You got it, man. I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.